So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. Hey, y'all. I'm Moni, and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Hello, 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 all you beautiful mixologists and pumpkins alike. Welcome back. I am your host, Moni, and you are listening to Mixing with Moni. Okay, we are really, really into the swing of things now. Things have gotten crazy over in the Bravo universe. I know y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. I am overwhelmed with content, but I am grateful. No one is complaining over here. So that being said, we have so many things to get through today. I'm going to do some Black Brazilians. We're going to have a wonderful episode, wonderful conversation with Dylan Hafer, who is an assistant editor at Betches Media. And we're going to talk Salt Lake City and Potomac too perfect seasons to fantastic episodes and we're gearing up to get out of Potomac season finales and reunions which make me both happy and sad I love a reunion it's the best time of the year for me but I hate when the seasons end and that season could not be that couldn't be more true for Potomac I am absolutely gutted that it's almost over it's been so Good, and now we are heading into Atlanta season. 
and in Dallas and y'all spoke out on my Patreon whether or not I should cover Dallas and the jury is in the verdict is in I'm going to on the main feed podcast so um thank y'all to everyone who voted on Patreon on my Instagram stories I'm gonna do it I'm gonna we're gonna talk Dallas I'm gonna watch it we're gonna cover it so then we'll have Dallas we'll have Atlanta probably gonna do Southern Charm after I binge the whole season on Patreon uh, or maybe I'll do a bonus episode. But for now, sticking with the two-show formula, because I'm still somehow finding no way to cut it down under an hour after talking about two shows. And quite frankly, I'm just going to stop trying. I really don't want to try anymore. So yeah, again, if you are interested in some extra and bonus content, I am covering The Bachelorette full season recaps, full episode recaps on my Patreon. I am also doing once a month um, Housewives of Orange County season of four. We're about to head on to episode three. This is the first years of Gretchen, the very first days, and it's a very good time. Hold on to your daddies, girls. Gretchen is on the loose, as Tamara would say. This is when I didn't hate Tamara, so this is a really great time for me as well. It's new for me. So I'm doing OC season four once a month, I'm doing Bachelorette every week and the Bravo Hot Topics of the Week every week on Patreon. And honey, this week, it's, it. listen, it's on Patreon, but we're talking Cynthia, the lawsuit with the Peter. Ooh, and he has a response, honey. He has spoken out verbally on audio with sound. He has spoken out to an outlet. Don't know whose, but to an outlet. Um, we have Miss Erica Jane out here. Kurt is stirring up mess and basalt. I don't know who said that. Allegedly. <laughs> um, go to my Instagram page and look at the meme if you don't know what I am talking about, what that reference is from. And it is a repost from Mainly Bravo, but Embezzled by Black China. I say it like it's a song. Greatest hit for me. It's one of my top hits. Love that song. Um, and then, of course, we have half the cast of Beverly Hills getting COVID shutting down production we have a lot going on there's so Bronwyn over in OC yeah we're I'm gonna have hot topics done this weekend with Sasha from the Bravo breakdown again we're gonna do that I'm gonna have um, Bravo All Black on for Bachelorette in a couple of weeks on Patreon so now's a great time to get on the Patreon girl now is a great time so that being said we're gonna get into the stuff the mess, the, the truest of teas. Um, but before we do that, we have to talk about some amazing people of color who are out here changing the game, breaking glass ceilings, crossing barriers. We're going to do a little bit of Black resilience first. And that's truly one of my favorite things, like to start positive and end y'all stay messy, you know? So we start good. And, you know, you, you trick people at your jobs and stuff into thinking they're listening to something positive. Like, what are y'all listening to? Oh, a black story about today. Uh, two black um, sisters who became judges at the same time. It's just truly wonderful how they were able to do that in Alabama. And they are really changing the game and setting great examples. And then they go, oh, wow, 
oh, so-and-so, Tanya listened to such a educated podcast. <laughs> educated. Uh, Tanya is out here getting insightful information and news. And they don't know as soon as you put those AirPods in, honey, and you take a sip of that coffee, we are diving deep into the trash of the housewives. We are in multiple cities, east to west coast. We are in um, lunches, luncheons of the Met Gala. We are at wig parties with uh, wig ladies and ours. We're everywhere. So, and all that gets addressed and more after we do the good stuff. So that being said, of course, I'm getting this from one of my favorite sites for any type of um, Black news. And it, this week, no different. Because of them, we can. Feel free to always check them out. And they're in my source. Must report that because university person um, have gone to the schools and have taught the children. You must cite the source. So, Two sisters, Samaria, please forgive me, Samaria, if I'm saying your name wrong, Dunson and Loria James. Yeah, your honors, thank you for your service. They both were elected as judges in their state of Alabama together as sisters. They're only 18 months apart. And they both graduated from the same high school. They both went to University of Alabama together. And then they both went to University of Alabama Law School together. It's truly adorable. I really love their connection to say, you know what? I'm just going to, we're going to do this. We're going to be on this together. And that is special, a bond that cannot be broken. And now, honey, they're both employed. So by the governments, um, they are doing the good work. They're being the good judges. And that is a hard job because we judge all the time for free, but they're getting paid for it and they have like legal rounds to do it. And that's special. You should hold on to that. So we thank them for that. They are both in Alabama in two separate courts. I believe they're one's in municipal court and one um, is heading to be the district attorney or something of the sort. So um, yes, both sisters have been elected as judges. Dunson as Montgomery Municipal Court Judge and James as Circuit Court Judge. Okay, Circuit Court, I have interned in both. That's how I very quickly knew the law was no longer for me because it was very stressful and very hard. So shout out to these beautiful, amazing, talented, intelligent Black women for doing something epic, big, you know, and doing it together. I think that's really, really wonderful to show the family unit, the family bond, and the family paycheck. You know, we love it. We know we love when we get coins as a family. A family that gets coins together stays together. I mean, probably not, but you know, we could give it a try. If everyone in my family got coins together, this is a shout out to them. Everyone, let's all get coins together in 2021 and just see if we all stay together. If not, at least we have our coins. So one of the other is bound to happen. Either we're going to, you know, be like these sisters or even like the Kardashians and, you know, take down entire empires of individuals and, you know, make men sweat and fall to the knees and basically fall from grace for whatever career they were doing. Or we'll all go our separate ways, but with a sizable check. So really there's no losing if you ask me. You can be the judge for yourself. That wraps up black excellence for the week again if you all want to know about more about this story you can read the entire article on because of them we can and it is entitled meet the sisters who just became judges in montgomery alabama and this is a major thing because alabama 
is historically in the news for things that are not related to positivity when it comes to Black people. Um, they have a lot of history. I'm in Montgomery, where one of the sisters is a judge, is a Martin Luther King landmark, a Martin Luther King Jr. landmark city. So we really know the history behind Montgomery, Alabama. And for these ladies to, you know, really change the game on that and to give a new, give us a new reason to talk about Alabama. Look at you, Alabama, doing things, okay? Electing judges, making change, giving us diversity. We love it. So thank you very much, Alabama, for that, doing your jobs and electing good qualified people um, to do their jobs and to be fair and to provide us a little, you know, diversity in the courtroom that helps when, you know, you have people who come into the courtroom who will be diverse. It helps if they can see some different types of people who might or may not understand them or can at least look at the facts. So thank y'all for listening to another episode of Black Resilience. Please, again, let me know what stories you're interested in hearing. If you see a Black Resilience story during the week, feel free to DM me. Send me a tweet, a Instagram DM, a Facebook message or something. Let me know. So if you're on Patreon, go ahead and tell me there because I get those pretty immediately. So do that. Um, and yeah, we're about to dive right on into some Salt Lake City and Potomac recap with Dylan Hafer from Betches Media. Dylan was on the Salt Lake City um, premiere, Zoom virtual premiere with me, and we got to really know these ladies and, and change some perspectives, and we talk about how our perspectives have changed since the first time we saw them and what we thought then, to how they're really changing our minds now and where we stand now. So yeah, we're going to have a really great talk. He gives really good talk, so we are about to come on back with that honey and in the meantime make yourself a little something to drink or if you're driving i highly suggest you stay listening because this is going to keep you awake <laughs> um but turn it down if you got children or something in the car although they would love it too this is you know mixing with money is family friendly um it's explicit but i told y'all that ahead of time but trust me I love the kids. So really, it's still meant for them too. They don't know what we're talking about, but that's okay. Uh, raise them up early. Show them the way that they need to go. And that's in the way of housewives. So we are going to be right on back with that. Again, come on to, over to the Patreon. If you're interested in listening to more hot topics from the week, um, like I told you this week, we're going to talk about Cynthia, Bronwyn, um, and uh, all the girls, really. Kelly Dodd is making an appearance in my line up this week um some new york things there's a lot going on in the bravo world erica jane oh yeah we need to definitely talk about that in a safe place um yeah so head on over there especially if you're interested in rewatching oc or if you are currently watching the bachelorette and um yeah we'll be right back with Dylan Hafer from Betches Media, and he is also the host of the Mention It All podcast that you can go listen to right after this one, honey. So hang on in there, and I'll be right back with Dylan. All right, guys, as promised, I am back here with a very special guest, one that I'm very excited to have today, because specifically, he knows it all because he mentions it all every single week. 
you know him as Dylan Hafer uh, from the Mention It All podcast, but beyond that, I mean, and, and incredibly beyond our Bible, our beacon, our like literal, our central location for all things pop culture and important. Um, he is also assistant editor at yes. Duchess Media. Yes. Okay. Titles. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy Thank to be you here. So much for coming on. I'm very, very excited. Betches is literally hello. Like we all, the amount of the tweets, the posts, the memes, everything. It is our <laughs> shining bright light during these very dark times. They keep us laughing and they get us. Like you'll get us. We try. So we, we appreciate. <laughs> um, very excited to have you on, especially because I listen to mention it all, all the time. Um, and it's a fantastic podcast. And you host with a co-host, correct? Yes, it's myself and my friend, co-worker, fellow Bravoholic Barry, and we we get on and we we do talk about it all. We're um we record three times a week, which feels like a lot, but we we keep it you know nice and short and just you know try and bring everyone all the content they want. <laughs> yeah, I mean during these times we're not we're desperate for content anyway. I am, and I'm a content creator and I'm still over here like I was yes. I need more I need things to listen to it's funny I feel like I I go through phases of listening to a lot of podcasts or not mm -hmm. but I think I almost have been listening to more now because it's like I'll go on a walk or something and it's like I need something to just like yes occupy my brain and yes. I, I mean I love listening to music and stuff but sometimes I just need I need, to I need like other people talk. I need dialogue yeah. I need someone else's opinion some just people talking because right now we're it seems to be deprived of it I mean we're turning a corner we're back to having almost a full Bravo schedule and that's pretty cool um you, what are you watching these days on Bravo what, what are you what are you um involved in each day of the week so I, at this point, I guess I'm watching everything except for Don't Be Tardy. I won't, I won't go near that. Uh. Yeah, that seems fair. I used to give it a try back in the day. And then I was like, why am I here? It was funny because when, um, you know, like on my, we are talking about Orange County on my podcast. I don't feel passionately about it, but you know, whatever. And when Don't Be Tardy was coming back, I was like, do people, should we? And I did a poll or something on mm -hmm. our Instagram story and it was like overwhelmingly, no, people yeah, don't want to like, hear about no, don't be tardy. Not only be tardy, honey, miss it in completion. Just be absent from the party. <laughs> be be absent. absent from the party. <laughs> don't be tardy. Um, we're checking no on the RSVP. We're not attending. <laughs> um, yeah, it's not the best of shows. I think back in the day when it first started, it definitely had a certain theme or tone to it that I could appreciate and now it just feels I feel very far removed from Kim the housewife of Atlanta I feel far removed from that yes I think her sort of like the time where she seemed like a person that made sense to be watching on reality tv has passed yes but also ever since ever since Brielle and Ariana are like these weird like plastic doll adults that just feels weird like yeah. i don't i feel like something there's like some darkness there and Bri uh, um ariana the daughter the youngest looks well the youngest of her oldest look looks older than me and is considerably younger than me so it makes me very uncomfortable <laughs> yeah like it's... i'm behind <laughs> It's a little concerning. I still remember, I think it was a couple of years ago now when 
I think Brielle got like a pink gun for her 21st birthday. And I just, it's like, I can't touch that family. Okay. (laughs) Seems like a lot. Um, And I'm in the same state. I've never run into them. But if I ever do, I wonder if they would look the same. It was like that whole thing that happened at um, BravoCon where Kim, the Instagram personality looks one way. Kim, the don't be tardy performer at BravoCon. (laughs) does not and it sparked a lot of rumors because people were very confused as to how they missed so there was such a big gap between the two um images <laughs> <laughs> i it's one of those things where i feel a little bad because i think it's i mean it's tough when people are talking about your body and you know that's just not a great situation but also it's like if you facetune every picture into oblivion right then you can't be that surprised when people are like oh you look different <laughs> i mean because we're gonna we have questions because you did a lot and i just want to make sure your money's being well spent that's all i'm focused on you i'm yes. caring about you I care. So think of it that way. <laughs> but listen, now we're in a place where Bravo content is seemingly getting better, depending on what your definition of better is. I'm having a great time with the two shows that we're going to talk about today, which is Potomac and um, Salt Lake City. Are you enjoying the Salt Lake City journey? I am very much enjoying the journey. Um, it feels like, um, so I, I saw the premiere a while before it before it actually premiered. Like I had seen the first episode a fair amount in advance. And so I feel like I've kind of like, I've been like marinating with these women for a couple months now versus like four weeks that it's been on. And I, I have really just enjoyed it. I'm having a good time. I think, I think whoever was casting this show really um, did a great job finding. I think they did a good job. Right. It's like they found a, a really variety of women that also had really interesting connections with each other and Mm -hmm. a lot of different personalities, a lot of different backgrounds, whether it's, you know, racial background, religious background, um, you know, their businesses, what they have going on with that stuff. So it's, yeah, I mean, it just, it really feels fresh. And I think so many of the shows. (laughs) Yes, I see. I see. I mean, I genuinely thought that we were going to be boring. I mean, this is no shade to Salt Lake City. Just nothing about the personality of the city or the state. Everything about it to me seemed vacation. I mean, that's what I would know it would Mm -hmm. ever go for, vacation, a ski trip, which is, to me, arguably one of the more, like, relaxing types of vacations you can go on. It's a little bit more subdued. You're by the fire, you're hot chocolating. You're not like getting right. drunk, turning up in the middle of New Orleans. Like that's what I'm thinking. But <laughs> I'm thinking we're going to go housewife city shopping. I want pizzazz mm-hmm. and razzle dazzle. And I wasn't getting that. But man, did they find the only razzle dazzly women in the state probably. And if there are more think- of you, we have more seasons ahead, people. Oh God. Yeah. I would love to see what characters they can dig up in, right? in a couple more seasons. I think it is one of those things where sometimes the cities that seem less obvious maybe have more of an interesting kind of like vibe to be discovered. Whereas, you know, with like something like, like Beverly Hills at this point feels very like it's Beverly Hills. It's glamorous, darling. Yes. Like all of that, like it's exciting to go to a city that you don't really know anything about and to kind of like find these people and be like, Oh, this is, who's Jen Shah? Where did they find? Okay. So, and I've said (laughs) it before, I did a a Patreon episode about my experience on um, doing the, the, like the premiere meet and greet over Mm -hmm. Zoom, where you also were in attendance, um, Dylan, uh, we got to meet the cast, half the cast, about half the cast. And I remember thinking, 
Okay, so Heather and Jen are probably gonna be the only ones I'm gonna like or relate to because from that encounter, they were the most alive, the most lively, uh-huh. think, depending on what they were <laughs> sipping or things like that. Like Jen Shaw yeah. was like full on tequila, so I'm with it. But <laughs> it did seem like Lisa and Meredith were a little bit more reserved. And now we're in swing of the season and I'm like, okay, so I love all of you. And I really want to be invited to this luncheon that no one knows what's happening at. Oh and God. I would like to be in this group. And I just want to be, I love them all. I love them all. And when can we say that? <laughs> When's the last time the this second, happened to me? <laughs> the second Mary Cosby said, um, Matt Gala, I was like, oh no, this is, because yes. <laughs> there's, there's truly no way to throw to throw a well done Met Gala luncheon, it that's not a thing. Right. What does that even Heather, mean? Heather she was like, even describe the, it. she was like, the Met Gala is a place, and the theme changes every, every year, year so. and you go to it like it's the it's, it's literally <laughs> held at the Museum of the Met. <laughs> yeah, it was. Is so that I mean, everything about that luncheon from the red carpet and the the toy soldiers outside yes. to the the betta fish that were at the place places on the table it was Wild. so so Insane. confusing i mean the, the louis the, vuitton airpods security guard yeah, it was very confusing or the valets are very confusing i'm like are we buckingham palace i don't know what we're doing <laughs> these hats are a lot and there's valet at the met gala and huh look at red carpet but no one was outside <laughs> it was a very I feel, time i have a lot of kind of like I feel like we're getting a lot of like weird vibes from Mary and I really want to get to the bottom of like what makes her tick as a person, but yes. I don't know if, I don't know if she is even aware of like right. that deep in herself. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think that Mary is a, a character and she's one that has a lot of layers to her, but also somehow seems very simple. It's very strange because when she talks and what she says, I resonate with in a level of like, okay, so you're with it. Like you're not deranged, Mm -hmm. but something about her delivery feels a little bit deranged in a way. And in a, within, with, with, not in the context of what the word like literally means. It just seems like she, they're portraying her. We think about her. We read about her as if she's, really wild like there's a wild life and a wild mm-hmm. world underneath her but for some reason she when she talks and she acts she seems all there and it's very confusing to me but I like it yeah she seems like somebody who gets a little like she gets a little too like worked up or like she seems frazzled a lot like she's yeah in delivery she's, like her eyes I'm looking yes. at it and there's a lot like happening. it kind of it kind of stresses me out to watch her she's but at startled. the same time I'm like I don't dislike you I just I just like need you to chill for a second right I mean but then at the same time her opponent is Jen who I think is on 10 from the moment she wakes up to the moment she goes yes she really is I really want to check her blood pressure because it's gotta be because she seems high energy Jen is one of those people where I think she is she has all the pieces to be the perfect real housewife and I think a lot of it is coming together, but she just doesn't know when to take her foot off the gas. And it's like... Do you think that's genuine or contrived? Because there's a lot of talk on the internet on whether or not Jen is... She's, I first watched her episode one and then two, I said, okay, she's polarizing. Either you will love her or you will not yes. like her at all. There is no in-between. I don't think I don't think we're seeing what we're seeing from Jen is fake. I don't think it's like she's putting on a persona. Okay. I think she is... I think she's working really hard in terms of okay. kind of maybe overthinking a little bit like 
Meredith did something that I wasn't a fan of. So when I'm at Whitney's party, I should totally pull Meredith aside and like read her the riot act. And (laughs) so I, I don't think it's, I think the emotions behind the things she's doing are real, but I think she's just like not really taking a step back and being like, okay, so I just screamed at Meredith and then maybe that was a little much. <laughs> yes. And I mean, and we're, we're jumping around and we'll probably back up a little bit, but when, and then she's at Heather's and she's like, well, I feel betrayed by Meredith. So I'm going to out her secrets. And I'm like, that feels like a choice. And it feels like the wrong mm-hmm. one. I don't really agree with how we got here. That's a, that's a slippery slope. Cause when you're on housewives and you kind of feel like you are, in charge and you're kind of going to go around and like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, like Meredith did something to me. So I'm going to out her secrets and pulling kind of like, you know, low blows and shady shit. That's the kind of thing where I feel like if you do that one too many times, you can kind of end up with no allies in a cast really quickly because you know, if it's maybe Meredith forgives her this time, but then she does it one more time and Meredith's like, okay, I don't fuck with Jen anymore. So you know and if you can't film with the people i mean andy's always has said that you know he can only recast people as much as they'll they have people to film with if no one's going to mm-hmm. film with you what are you going to do like we can't and so jenny yeah. does need to be careful in that regard because i think that right now they're all getting along reasonably but it seems like her battles that she's picking feel very trivial like it, the battle that she's picking with meredith it's simply based on the fact that though she made up with Mary, it was only for Meredith's benefit. And so at her party. Yeah, that was such a confusing moment because it's yeah. like when she when Meredith's like, Why are you mad at me? I the last time I saw you and Mary together, you were like hugging and apologizing. Yes, and you're mad at me for going to church. Like and not Kiki King about like, you behind your back. <laughs> it's not Meredith's fault that she didn't know that Jen's apology wasn't sincere. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> like if if I see you two say that you're good, I'm not going to assume I'm still supposed to hate the other one. <laughs> yes. You didn't give me the 411 girl. Next time, tweet me at me. Send me a text. Exactly. By the way, that was fake. By the way, <laughs> we still don't like that bitch. By the way, we still don't fuck with her. Okay. Let me know though. Like, put me, include me on the plan. Because exactly. if I'm thinking you're good and it's at my party and it's for my benefit and you did it so that we would all be good me being good with her should not have should not be an issue if you became good with mary for me so it feels very right it feels very strange but then again we we get to the bottom of some things of why she's screaming at meredith at the party um her dad the anniversary of her dad's death was like a year before and then i'm getting we also are getting to the bottom of why she's still so on one and lonely and like couldn't let go of meredith not being able to come to her house for a sleepover at midnight and not wanting to sleep in her own bed. She's a grown ass woman. She wants to sleep in her own house. I get it. Okay. <laughs> she's but, like 45 years old. Yeah. Right. And she's like, no, I want to not sleep in a guest room. I want to sleep in my bed with my night cream and my good towels and my sheets. Like I would do the same thing. Her husband was not even at her dad's funeral. Jen's husband was not even at her dad's funeral. He was at a football game. So this is where I have questions and I'm not doubting the man's job. I know people have talked about the money and everything and where he's getting that because he's a football coach, but he's not head football coach. So I'm like, the game would have gone on without you. There yeah, are also I don't assistant know. coaches. <laughs> I did look up his salary is public record because he put right, he works at a public university. His mm-hmm. football salary is like four hundred thousand dollars a year. 
So, so I'm just like, you didn't get bereavement for your wife's? There's no bereavement leave? Right. I feel like there could be for one day to go to a funeral. It's one day. Yeah, that's tough because when you're kind of, so we're kind of just still meeting these people and obviously right. she's talked about how they're on FaceTime a lot and that kind of thing. It's hard to know, like, is this something that's happened at other major events? Like, mm-hmm. is he what was the conversation like did he not even try to come home or was yeah, it like said extenuating John's, circumstances that he couldn't gone, like grief he's gone all the time and i'm like in some regard i get it but he's not a football player he's a coach and he should be coming home with practices over one two he's a position coach so again there are assistants and you are not the head the game will continue if you are not there and there's an off season i know how football works they do a lot they come a lot to class i mean to, to, to the field but there's at least time for him to go home and be married yeah i don't i i i all i do wonder a little bit if if she kind of came in with like a wedding, a marital problem storyline in mind. Cause sometimes I feel like these women, like sometimes they're a little bit like a little performative marital issues, Meredith? but <laughs> Meredith is a, a whole nother. I have no idea uh-huh. what's going on there. She's out here liking comments under her pictures, apparently about divorce being a good thing. And it's okay if you get a divorce, but they, it was announced to us this week that she and her husband are separated, but dating each other. She even introduced it to Lisa while getting textured art or something. Like, <laughs> Lisa kept wanting to Le- touch it. Can I touch? <laughs> Can I touch? Can I touch? <laughs> that is it. That is she's, the perfect one. <laughs> Lisa, to me, is, she's just like a little bit nutty in the exact way that I like to see on my TV screen. I think she is so funny. It's kind of funny because I almost get a vibe from her that she's trying to not be nutty for the camera. Like she's trying very hard to be normal for the Mm -hmm. camera, but she's one of those people where she just can't escape it. Like she can't escape her own nuttiness. So when she was like basically like talking her husband's head off about Whitney, <laughs> it's like you can't turn that off. Like you, it was just unmissed opportunity. And then she's trying to be yeah. super normal. I'm not a regular mom. I'm super cool. And I, you know, my kids get Taco Bell every night. And then all of a sudden she's having her son drive. Like, oh, this is a normal scene. And you're gonna get good footage of me. But honey, we normally would not care about you teaching your son how to drive, except for the fact that you pull up to a gas station and ask him to get you a Diet Coke light with ice and lemon. What gas station 44 takes ounce. waters? <laughs> what gas station takes waters with lemon? <laughs> Maybe it's like a self serve. I don't. I don't know. With lemon? <laughs> I can't you know, get my... over the limit. The limit, and you're gonna have your son make you a drink. Like I get it. It's not alcohol, but she's like light ice. <laughs> like this is. I still Starbucks. can't get over the fact that that boy is old enough to drive. He looks yeah. so little. <laughs> Twelve easily. Twelve. <laughs> But can I touch? It was really a wild ride. But Meredith tells Lisa that they're dating each other. And I'm like, okay, this is where the whole idea of, oh, we think Meredith might have a boyfriend. I was like, okay, they're separated. This makes perfect sense to me. But Mm -hmm. we're seeing some developments, I guess, of um, maybe it didn't start out that way. And we don't really know what's happening over there. But that is a storyline. That's it's it's her storyline because we get introduced to them separation while they're on a date. Yeah, the the whole dating thing is interesting. I mean, 
I am single as can be. So the whole concept of Love like being married. Love that for you in 2020. Thank you so much. <laughs> the whole concept of like you're married and then separated and then dating each other. It's like, it's a lot to wrap your mind around, but uh-huh. obviously everybody's on their own their own journey of love yes. and life. I don't know. Yeah, I think, do we think Meredith could be dating elsewhere? I could kind of see it. I think Meredith is very much what I go after what I want and doesn't really like to do a lot of frivolous stuff. But I think, you know, from what we see, you know, for the previews for next week, she also seems to be at a crossroads where her husband is like, well, either you're coming with me or we're going our separate ways. And she's like, well, I know where I'm going and I'm staying here. So you're making this about either or, and I'm telling you this is the only option. So I could see Mm -hmm. her lightly dating around, but nothing serious. Cause it's hard for me to imagine someone like Meredith ha- with that kind of exterior really being that serious with or intimate with anybody. Yeah. She seems like somebody who I could see her. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, she's an interesting character because she has this kind of, she's very low key compared to pretty much everyone else in the cast. She seems mm-hmm. a little bit more reserved. Much. But then at the same time, it's like, she has some really interesting stuff going on in her personal life. And I think, I don't know, she, she's been posting pictures and stuff with her, with Seth and they were at the, they had like a premiere little mini party together. Interesting. I'm really curious to see where that goes. Cause clearly that's going to develop over the course of the season. And I feel like we're kind of just, just now starting to get into it a little bit. I agree. And then they get, (laughs) An invitation to the Met Gala luncheon and Mary's definition of the Met Gala is literally to be determined. It is loading on her face as she's asked the question. She says, I think Met Gala and I think, you know, dressing up and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, and then what else? Because girl, the theme really does change every year, but they nailed it. The girls were on top of it. They are very with it. And I love that in their confessionals, they are us. They are the Greek chorus, almost all of them. It's pretty good. They're Mm -hmm. pretty good at that. They tell us, we don't even think Mary knows what it means. I think she just wanted to have a party and thought that it was going to be pretty to say Met Gala. And I'm like, well, fair. I think that's about as accurate as we're going to get. You know, in the grand scheme of Real Housewives party themes, it could be there have been stupider themes. Yeah, and... okay. I can't think <laughs> of them was... off the top of my head, but I'm, I, I see that that's a thing. There's one there... that I think is Shannon Bedore's, um Kelly was still married. And... There was like, she had the, did she have the Aries party? I can't remember. Yeah, <laughs> then like one of the, like their 70s or something, and that was a lot. Lydia's, mm-hmm. um, when she was in, she was in drag, I think she was. Um, oh, yes, I know what That was doing. wild, because it was like at a bar, and I'm just like, is everybody else? Like, you're on your own, so. Well, remember Real Hostiles of Atlanta, we had a Halle Berry party. <laughs> there we go. Oh, and it, also the gals and gays or something. Like everybody bring your favorite gay. Yeah. That was like, I don't know to be Look, offended. Um, on board. I don't know what's happening. How do you pick one? Like questionable themes. I feel like are par for the course. And what yes. would we expect from Mary? Yeah, uh, she she's crazy in theme, but man, does she throw a party? Okay, like we're. It's a, it's one of the greatest luncheons I've ever seen. It's completely deranged. No one knows what the hell's happening. 
they say Met Gala, two women come in pantsuits. Um, <laughs> Meredith and Lisa come in monochromatic pantsuits. And that was a choice. No one at the Met Gala is doing that unless it's like no. wild and crazy. And it went towards definitely not approving these outfits, honey. But the hats look like we're in London, but for the valets, no one's really dressed. There's it's noon. They made that. They were like, it's it noon is- on a Wednesday or something. <laughs> She's like, I think I think it was Whitney was getting out of the car, mm-hmm. and she's like, "We have beef eaters and a red carpet at noon on a Wednesday in Utah." Like, <laughs> okay. At least she's aware. I really enjoy how aware Whitney is of what's happening. That it's really- yes. I you think know? it's funny because when you hear Whitney talk, you kind of think she would be kind of a space cadet, like kind yep. of ditzy, and Get maybe that that's vibe. her energy a little bit. But I don't think that's really how what her personality no, is and it's she's almost the complete opposite i've she's really the enjoyed most aware yeah i've really enjoyed kind of getting to know her and i love that she cleared the air about being a swinger because she's like i know that people are thinking that this is weird and she's the one who keeps addressing the elephant in the room which is their connections to mormonism and them being in salt lake city and what that means because we're all still trying to figure out why bravo chose it what this means if we're going to get into this community what we're what we're not going to do like we still have a lot of questions centered around location and setting and she's the one who consistently is offering that history that information her relationship why it's and this is the least ashamed of it it's like yep this is what happened and then this is what we're doing now. And I, I really appreciate, you know, her the, her having the wherewithal to kind of give us that. Because again, we're back at Mary and I don't know if she knows what's all going on. I really want to know how much she paid on. We're about to get into the idea of Potomac in, in a little bit after this. Yes. And I'm just like the comparison of parties, my dear, <laughs> of Mary's to Karen's wig launch adjacent, like wig launch, like, not it felt very Kyle by Eileen too. Like it's hers, but not hers. Like it's really my name, but it's someone else's. Like yes, yes. I I like that Mary's luncheon. Like she didn't pretend that there was any actual occasion. You know, yeah, she just, just wanted, wanted to, to have everyone together. for a nice lunch. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Would you have invited Jen if you were in Mary's position? Um, I would say I would if I if they told me to. <laughs> What if the producers were like, if you want to guarantee that we film the whole thing and actually air more than five minutes, I would invite her. Because I've, and I've said this before on on my podcast, the more you, the more housewives that are there, the less likely they are to need to get rid of the content. It's important at that point because it's probably storyline developing. I went to Monique's live podcast event, one that is a very big cause of conversation, but no one else was there but Ashley. Everybody canceled on her left, right, and center. And that is something we saw. So we saw everyone cancel for many minutes. And then we get to the event and because no one was there, there's really no reason to fill up more than a little bit of the episode with only one person driving a storyline. If Mary's there, it's true. It was the women. Yeah, she could have a few minutes there, but her issue is Jen, and Jen is the issue. So there, we have something to develop. That's yeah. That's an interesting point because when you think about it, it's like okay, all of these women are you know somewhat friends with each other on various levels, but right. clearly the reason that the six of them are at a luncheon together is because they're on this show, right? Exactly. And so you know, it's one thing to say to the camera, I just want to have a nice luncheon, but really you want to throw an event for the show. So. Right, and you want to show people that you have 
enough money to do that mm-hmm. and you want to over impress and to be honest i started to understand it's not for me i wouldn't do it i don't condone it but i'm starting to understand why she felt compelled to marry step grandfather because she inherited enough to throw a nice luncheon on a wednesday at noon with eight thousand dollar a pound truffle like what did he say the last white truffle in the world like anything i don't know on y'all's lunch that's crazy (laughs) i i will say i i feel like i'm not as thrown by the step-grandfather thing as i initially was and i think some people still are really bothered by it for me i've kind of moved past it already Cass is very upset that she would call the grandpa bugger a gra- uh, grandfather mf'er as she yes, says and, grandfather, and she kept whispering it MF-er. i'm like girl you're not saying the word it's okay you're not gonna get censored for saying the letters i feel like i feel like obviously when when i sit down and think about it it still sounds crazy but i'm like for the purposes of the show fine that's her husband i don't need to there's right. other stuff to think about it was to inherit a lot of shit and again when she explained it last week um the last episode i i almost I didn't, I'm not saying I got it to understanding or being cool with it. I got it from a sense of, okay, there's, there was something dark that went on there that wasn't at the hands of Mary. And it feels like now she is trying to make the best of the situation and has been doing it ever since. And she really did it so she could have the life that she has and afford the life that she wanted and she has it. So she's doing with it. So with that, I'm like, girl, yeah, if you were probably gonna allegedly be groomed by your step-grandfather, you might as well spend the cash if you if that's what makes you happy. If that's what makes you feel like you got the better end of the stick and that you did not get taken advantage of or anything like that, didn't lose your family for no reason, do that i don't think it's a supplement for therapy you might want to go talk to somebody but at this moment if truffle pasta is making you gleeful mary i'm happy for you because i was worried truffle pasta and some monogrammed notebooks with custom pens and i love that she like went to each person individually to show them i gave you a notebook and a pen and i want you to write in it and i'm like (laughs) thank you what else would i do with this notebook thank you and <laughs> louis vuitton boxes and she dom perignon from 2005 three one of the two where people died it was there a, was a heat wave and people died but it's the best champagne ever <laughs> like 5600 people died but it was they produced the best grapes i'm like is there a correlation more death, better see, grapes? I don't know. You can see everyone kind of just look down at their glass <laughs> and be like, I guess. <laughs> it just, like, th- there was no, like, preamble for why this, like, this correlated. It was mm-hmm. just, there was a heat wave. 5,600 people died. I'm like, first of all, why do they all die <laughs> from heat? And, but and that sounds die. intense. It's a lot. It's, <laughs> people in Vegas don't die left, right, and center. And, and then it's hot there, too. Like, what <laughs> where was it here and then it's like 5600 people died in, in the two, early 2000s where was i like i've not heard about this they re- i gotta they say it? like maybe not unless it was corona numbers i don't know but it just like, we just jumped very fast <laughs> here the the weather death best grapes though and i'm like huh and all i could think was how did the grapes survive that heat i don't know are they like is are they coming from the soil like from the people dead under the graves like i don't understand the correlation of a lot of dead people to the best grapes ever because if you tell people that and they want good grapes you better hope they did not go around killing people 
now I feel, I feel like I need to Google this now and see what this heat wave is because I feel like it could be completely made up or it could be really crazy and real. Yeah, so. I'm sure many people have looked it up by now. Um, I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't know Louis Vuitton even made AirPods, but for her to give them as gifts to each woman, each woman, okay. I actually, weirdly, I did know that Louis Vuitton made their own wireless earbuds. At one point, I looked them up. I'm not shocked. Yeah. And they were, I think, over $1,000 a pair. This makes sense. This so... gives me Sutton vibes. Like, Sutton makes these types of gifts and yes. gift, gift bags. <laughs> bags. Those honey. clutches with the, yes. with the glove on it. Mm-hmm. First of all, very cute. Very edgy. I was very into that. Um, yeah. Mary... A, a, a strange character would kill to be invited to her luncheon. Absolutely. Would love to go. Would you be into the white truffle pasta? I feel like I'd be afraid to eat it. <laughs> I don't want to eat the last tr- white truffle in the universe or something. Where are the white truffles? I'm very confused. <laughs> How did Mary get the last white truffle? I you just know, don't know. Mary has her ways. She's getting Valentino straight off the runway and truffles straight out of, out of the ground. <laughs> I don't know. And I love that um, she just threw the price at us. Because I've said on my, I'm doing um, Houses of Orange County season four, which is the very first season of Gretchen on my Patreon. Wow, and, yes. Yeah, a time. <laughs> and they used to price tag everything. Like they used to basically, yes. first episode, Vicky's on a yacht and they're like, one million. And I'm like, oh, really? Vicky got that kind of money? I just love that Mary <laughs> did that for us. Because I miss the days where they would just price tag it at the bottom. Yes. White truffle pasta, $8,000 a pound. But she said, girl, I got you. I feel like Mary, is. she's at this luncheon and she is very concerned with making sure everybody knows everything that's going on. Whereas, you know, a group of adult women who are used to nice things could sit down and see the notebook and be like, oh, it's like a nice notebook and here's the pasta and whatever. But she's like, okay, here's your notebook, the Louis Vuitton box, the Dom Perignon, the $8,000 truffle. And it's like, just let them sit down to lunch. (laughs) Like, just let them eat. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my God. There really was a heat wave in 2003. (laughs) It's according to Wine Spectator, there was oh, a no. heat wave in 2000. Apparently, releasing the 2003 uh, Dom Perignon was a choice. It was like a big deal. Lots of people wrote about it, and it was it, they unveiled it in 2011 up to about oh. 30 journalists and retailers, and they all came around to listen to get this wine, honey. It's okay, so Mary got her a nice little thing. Yes, okay, so in 2001, Harvest was a washout due to rain, but produced useful blending wines where the fewer vintage wines came through in champagne. I, who knew people died for this wine? So yes, okay, Mary got the death wine. The heat wave wine made it to Utah to be served to the girls. And we got it on Salt Lake City. That is, <sighs> that's blessed. kind of beautiful. Yeah, I, I mean, the disregard. <laughs> Mary has done. <laughs> oh, well. Mary, I, I take known. back whatever I said about your wine. I love you, Mary. Honestly, we should have known that that fur she wore when they went on their vacation 45 minutes up the road or something like that. Um, overnight oh or something. God. They got robes just for the across the street. She was wearing that hat, the fur. She was deep down. Okay, she doesn't give any fuck. She gives she gets what she wants and she wanted this and i wish she would have told me how much this wine costs i would have loved to know that 
I would have loved to know how this whole uh, how much this whole event cost because it looked like she had the whole restaurant. Whereas Whitney, I remember when Whitney went to go look at the space, she only needed it for like fifty people, and they told her, "Okay, so you'll have this section." So she had right. her party while other people were still there as patrons. You know, you know, you got you got a you got a yeah. budget. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not if you're married. I don't think Whitney has Mary money, and I don't mean that in a rude way. I just think it's the facts. Also, I'm pretty sure Mary, I mean, people are going to yell at me about this. I must make the disclaimer. Yes, I'm aware of all the rumors that Mary allegedly that they're taking money from the congregation or something Mm -hmm. like that. Honey, if you don't know the inner workings of churches and denominations and these kind of religions, it's <laughs> I'm choosing at this point. Girl. I'm choosing at this a lot point of them to kind of take conversation. I'm kind of taking Mary at face value because I just feel like it's more fun. I don't. It is. Yes. I'm, a, I'm aware of it all, but I'm like, I'm, I just want to watch the show. If y'all can watch Kelly at face value, you can watch her. You can watch Mary. Mary's not Whew. affecting you at the moment. Okay, she's not saying nothing to you about you. You can choose to believe that God is in her if you want to. Whatever you want to do, that's up to you. But you're not at the church and she's doing her thing. So on this show, on this show, she's giving me $8,000 a pound truffles, Louis Vuitton AirPods, and wine in the middle of the day at noon in Utah at like for Wednesday for no reason with the with the theme that she doesn't really know what it is so mm-hmm. I I'm fine with it so I'm cool with that <laughs> I'll give it you know what it's a fully fleshed out she gave me a fully fleshed out event there was drama yes. there was food there was a, a a cocktail moment there was appetizers and talk she made everyone start things we did that whole everyone go around a table and air their grievances i love when they find a new way to introduce that theme that's fine <laughs> there's always got to be like the out it's like a very vague outline of an activity but the activity is really just starting drama mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> it's really just they want us to fight who wants to go first? <laughs> so, and they did their thing. They went around, and Whitney again surprised me and impressed me, and we got what we needed to get from that. And I'm very happy with that. She threw a really decent party and for a first season housewife. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Cannot say the same on Potomac. Karen is a fifth season housewife, and I am worried. Her I'm worried. Her housewarming party was nicer than the okay. wig party. The Karen party for her and Ray's home, welcoming, welcoming the Hugers back to Potomac. For the Karen, Karen party, really, yes. Karen has arrived, honey. Karen <laughs> wants you to know, Kayonce is here, and she's oh my God. very thrilled. So, yeah, this episode of Potomac, it gave me so much. I, I really love this show. I'm, des- I'm devastated that it's ending like i'm devastated that the reunion is coming i am devastated that we are at the end because this has been quite a ride and it seems to be getting better now as we inch closer mainly because ashley is story driving the fuck out of this she is here to make sure she narrates drives the truck and is in it to make sure she gets to the destination when it crashes ashley i feel like she's one of those housewives where her first couple seasons, she was kind of scrappy and messy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I, I, I never disliked Ashley from the start, but okay. I feel like she, aside from her marriage issues, which I feel like are kind of a separate thing at this point, she mm. has come into her own as somebody who can stir the pot and, you know, get involved in other people's drama and kind of be a really important 
driving force, I think, behind a storyline that's not even necessarily her own storyline. And I, I think she is, I think she's an important piece of the puzzle for Potomac right now. And I think people kind of, so I don't think she gets enough credit. <laughs> I think she does need more because she actually, you know what, for someone who is picking, is not pick, has picked a side and the side is really Monique's. She's doing a good job, not playing the fence. Cause she makes it clear where her allegiances are. And she, knew that it was not the right time probably to tell Candace at a sex party that she's going to be writing a statement against her, but she did it anyway. And then it wasn't the best thing to do to tell Monique, well, guess what? You're about to get set up. Mm -hmm." Because Karen said she wasn't inviting you, but here you are Mm -hmm. saying you're invited. And to call Karen, not the best of times. And then to tell Candace at the end, well, you know she was about to be here. And I'm like, not the best of times, but she's consistent. (laughs) Ashley's like, let me get into some mess right now. Yes, and I'm here for it because I want to get into some mess with them. I want to get into their mess. It's it's crazy that there's only one episode left. And I guess when you think about it, a lot has happened oh. this season, but it still feels like <laughs> it, it feels like they heart. could do it feels like they could do 10 more episodes. I think they could do it. I don't know why we didn't do it. It makes no sense. We move at the we move at the speed of light on the East Coast, but we move at the speed of uh, 2020 trying to end and won't end on the <laughs> west coast i'm like how have i been in it both 2020 feel like i've been in the house forever but also just end the year just end it like stop just end yourself conclude please today and they won't do it it won't do it we still have a little bit of almost a month to go and that's what it feels like happens on beverly hills we get to 24 episodes and you do look at yourself wondering how you did it how did you yes. survive 24 episodes? But here we are on Potomac. It's been what, like 18, 16? It feels like it has not been that many. Yeah, and and I feel like it's like every episode there is kind of like a new thing that's going on. And obviously when they were in Portugal, that was, you know, its own thing. And then now that they're back, there's this kind of thing of like, what is Karen doing? Mm-hmm. You know, she, all of a sudden, Karen with this whole Monique at the wig launch thing, she looks a little shady, but then... It's like she also just doesn't want to be honest because right. if the case really was that she had specifically told Monique to come early before everybody else got there and she never intended for there to be some weird run-in, then she should have just said that because it would have come across like not that big of a deal. Right. But, but then she's acting felt- weird about it yeah. and all of a sudden... Candace and by extension Robin and Wendy are like, that's some snake shit, Karen. <laughs> it's like, so crazy to me also the way Ashley words things because I've noticed she says things so diplomatically so she can never really be wrong. She said to Monique, well, Karen made it seem in Portugal that you were not <laughs> going to be invited. And she goes, oh, well, Karen, I don't know because I, I felt like what I what we understood was that you, you yes. were do this. I'm like, no, you didn't understand it. She said it. She said it. And I would have been the one to be like, let me roll the tape. It, she said it. She said those words exactly. I'm not inviting Monique. You were right. asked and you said no. Maybe maybe that is a tactic so you don't get caught by the edit yeah, and you don't get caught you. at the reunion. Mm-hmm. That it's like, if I recall correctly, which I may or may not recall correctly i think what you kind of implied was and gives her the opportunity she goes and karen what did you say she goes i (laughs) said i hadn't decided she goes oh 
well, we were under the impression that you weren't going to invite her. So I don't know why you said it. I don't recall saying that. Oh, okay. Well, that's what we recall hearing. And Monique, I don't get, it it feels so strange because I love Karen, but it feels like she's going to come out of this where neither of them really on her side because Monique doesn't like the snake thing. And then Candace is like, oh no, I see what happened here. And so Karen tried to play defense and it kind of backfired both ways. Yeah. I feel a little bit bad for Karen in that sense, because I think I appreciate what she has been trying to do. Mm -hmm. And I do, to be honest, I feel like I'm sort of, I've been kind of like team no one in this whole thing. I've been team the table. Mm -hmm. Right. The the velocity of the wine glass. That's exactly what I said on bitch says. I liked the whole, the table was bonding its business. The velocity got involved, mm-hmm. the wine was thrown, and the table was like, what happened? And that would be me. You know, I that's the thing. Like, obviously, I have issues with what Monique did in that situation. But at the same time, I think Candace has, Candace can do a lot of bad all by herself. And so, like, I don't, you know, it's not a situation mm-hmm. where I'm like, go, Candace, Monique sucks or whatever. But, like, I, so I appreciate what Karen was trying to do, but I do think in this situation, they are so polar opposites and everybody else has really picked a side. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, if you're the one person who is caught in the middle, then it makes you look, it makes you look like wishy-washy or like you're being the one that's being stubborn and not picking right. a side. When in a rea- in like a real life sense, that's probably the correct response, but nobody else in the group can see that. So all of a sudden you look like the irrational one who can't make up your mind. Exactly. I completely agree. It feels very, if she was trying to get them to hook up before the event, that does feel like the wrong choice. Um, If Candace had already pressed charges against Monique, especially criminal ones, then it feels like if Monique was there and something happened, that would only aid in Candace's case. And that's not the best thing to do for your friend, especially if they're suing each other or bringing each other to any kind of charges. You probably should just let them leave well enough alone. It should probably be best to not have them in the same. That's the best thing to do is to never let them really see or talk to each other unless they're Mm -hmm. contractually obligated like the reunion or in court. Yeah, I I can't remember if it was... Was Candace on Watch What Happens Live this week? I can't remember. Somebody said, maybe it was I on think Twitter. Monique was. Yeah, Monique was. I think With she said that. I think she said that production had agreed not to have them in the same place for the rest of the season or something to that effect. So, like, mm-hmm they kind of played it up on the show, like with the editing to make it seem like it was really touch and go of whether they were going to run into each other. But that Mm -hmm. as far as either of them know, there was production wasn't going to let that happen. That's crazy that they're really revealing all this. This is one of the reasons though, why I don't like housewives on watch what happens live. I think they tell me too much and I don't want to see it yet. I don't want to (laughs) know. Not yet. (laughs) I live for reunion season. I like to see it revealed. I love a watch what happens live clip. I'm not really a, a, a live watcher. Like I don't mm-hmm. really keep up with it, but I do. I like to get a little tidbit every now and then, but yeah, sometimes it's, sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's a little bit like just, just, I don't know. Also, that's why I think housewives on Twitter and social media and stuff can be a little exhausting sometimes. Cause it's like, you're, you're doing too much. Just be on the show and you know. Yeah, exactly. And now I have to shift gears a little bit. 
Gisela settling so badly, it make it keeps me up at night. The kids could not be more, and Giselle keeps telling us, oh, they're just protective of their mother. No, honey, they do not like you dating their father. They don't like their father for you. This is more than just protective. They were protective with Sherman when he first came around, then they warmed right. up. This is not protective. This is flat out scoff, eye roll, not with it, don't like it. And it's, <laughs> they're not young. It's not like they're just resistant to no. their mother dating. They're simply like, this isn't the one. Right. And it's the opposite. It's like they're old enough to know exactly what's going on. They know who their dad is. They're not kind of like, oh, like mommy and daddy are hanging out again. Like, this is weird. Like, they have specific issues with this because they know stuff about their dad. And, you know, I'm not even sure how much they like their dad in general, but they certainly don't like their dad for their mom especially if he keeps popping up with kids i can't imagine what that makes them feel like um in general like their relationship with him not that they don't like the kids but it could feel like okay now i have to split more time with him or why won't he just like you know stop (laughs) with these women that he doesn't want to stay with and be with like that can be stressful and then people keep asking me if if i think that giselle's relationship um, with Jamal is real or not and I, I definitely want to get your opinion Dylan but for me I think it's a thousand percent real and Gisela is settling I think because she wants to be the number one of his he has that many okay. babies mothers I think she wants to be the best I don't think she always wants to say that she was the best one it's why she wrote a book about being the first lady over 10 years after it happened she wants to be like I was the first like I'm the most important the original my kids are the oldest yeah, he has the most with me like I was the most important in his life I just right. don't think he's gotten that message I think he's a little behind on the messaging <laughs> I do think, I think you're right about the fact that she wants to, whether or not she is with Jamal Bryant, she wants to be Jamal Bryant's wife in the sense of when people think of who is Mm -hmm. Jamal's wife, oh, it's Giselle. But I don't know what that means in terms of them being together in real time. Yes. I I think think, pushing it. (laughs) I think, I think she thinks... I think she very much wants it to be real. I don't know if she's lying to herself, if they're kind of, if they have some kind of understanding and she wants it to be more. I don't think she I has mean, an understanding because the producers asked her that very simple question yeah. of, are you upset that he missed it? Because she reacted un un. She unreacted. She did the opposite of reacting when the man, she goes, she's telling everyone, oh, he missed his plane from Ghana to Atlanta. Okay, so you want to make sure people know that he's important and he's internationally traveled and blah, blah, blah. So then Atlanta to here. And I'm like, first of all, I fly from Atlanta to D.C. all the time. I am from the area. I live in Atlanta. It is max. You are from airport to airport two hours maximum. He could yeah. get another plane. How do you miss the Atlanta to D.C. airplane and not get another one with all this money and whatnot? He could fly. He could easily make it. You'd probably be 30 minutes late, max. Get the next flight. But also, it's like, why are you scheduling the family photo shoot the same day he's flying home from halfway across the world? I don't know. Right. That, that whole scene was weird. I did. I appreciated the moment in her confessional when they asked her and she was like, why don't you think this makes me upset? Like, of course it makes me upset. I felt like that was- lay down on the ground and cry or something. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to cry. But if your reaction is, 
why do you want me like how we want me to be mad about it? it it's would show that a you cared mm-hmm. he wasn't there but also it seems like you have accepted that he won't be there and that is an issue because you don't have to you know I think you that's what have makes a boyfriend me... <laughs> that actually does show up for you and the kids right. created like a step parent will actually probably could love your kids just as much as their own or some or even their dads because they've chosen your children versus mm-hmm. like being like well my kids know i love them do they i don't know you didn't come they didn't you didn't show up you didn't show up so how did they know today and they were upset because the the, the, the girl was like oh the theme is off because he was supposed to be gold and white now he not here <laughs> so now we look ridiculous like mom in the supremes or something it's so oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i I don't know. I don't think it's like a fake relationship. I think they're they need to get on the same page, which probably means not being together. Yep. And he acts just, like it's on her. You know, whether whether you me. whether you like Giselle or not, I feel like everybody can agree that she is, you know, a an alpha, you know, powerful, beautiful woman who, you know, deserves somebody who is actually like you know cares about putting effort into that relationship right and you know what i would have lost my shit when he was getting a manicure because in the time it takes Uh, you to get a manicure you could have legitimately been on the ground there's you know if you're at the atlanta airport like you know how many flights go out of atlanta like there's flights oh you they're like okay unless it's midnight and it's their last one honey they have another another yeah. is coming like it's not as quickly as a bus but there's another one and if not them there's another airline that will fly and another right. one and there's so many <laughs> and honey people are going to dc lots of people very very many people there's so many planes to catch to, to dc from atlanta <laughs> it's it's literally the flight is maybe an hour and five minutes an hour and 15 minutes it's very very short he could have made it but he went to the get his nails done on the day that your kids is are having a photo shoot with the family that feels like a choice yes i agree with you because <laughs> <laughs> it's just i mean what are we gonna what are we gonna do debate whether or not jamal is trash the answer is i'm done i mean I know that's going to come up at the reunion. I, I, yes. We've heard that Giselle has a tough reunion and I like Giselle. I don't want her to go anywhere, but I think Me she too. needs, she needs a little bit of a, a wake up call. I think. Yeah. She tried to tell those babies that they were going to have to move to Atlanta. They were like, girl, you better stop. Pause. <laughs> Hold it right there. No, no one's going Absolutely to Atlanta. Not. We're home. Okay. And I agree. I, I think I want that for, for her and for them to stay put and have their own life. And she is a Potomac housewife. She should stay where she yes. is. She's making it happen. I think Jamal is jealous of that in a lot of ways. Um, I also want us to address Robin very quickly because this, she's told us that the IRS has scheduled a payment plan. And I'm like, okay, I'm familiar with the payment plan with the IRS. What I'm not familiar with is why you are doing a payment plan for the IRS. You have money for a down payment on this house. So we're going to proceed with the house. I'm like, well, why don't you just pay the IRS? Well, money. she sold a lot of those hats. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes, enough to upgrade our station and get a very big home. I you know, I, I, want, I want the world for Robin and Juan. I hope they're doing well. I want them to be debt-free and loaded. I do know that they did move. I think they even moved even further out than they were because oh. where they were is probably the cheapest she could afford, but that is 
the townhouse. So right. for her to get the house she is in, had to move even further. And I, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, like I said, I we are Beltway people in that area. We don't ever really stay where we are, where we work and live is all different. And Candace too, she beautiful home. She just bought a new home. Happy that everyone's leveling mm-hmm. up. Awesome. Good for you. Hopefully Dorothy <laughs> has nothing to do with this one and you did it on your own, but she had to basically move around the corner from where she was and where she was was still not Potomac. So her looking at houses, I knew was bullshit when she was looking at houses in Potomac. That was never going to happen. Candace is not a Potomac queen. That's just not her thing. Um, it's, it's, you know what? It's okay. I think the house that she got for her and her husband is going to be filled with many babies one day, maybe even his own from his original, his first marriage. We'll see. We'll see. Hoping for. I, <laughs> I want, you know, I really do have a, a lot of positive feelings for Robin and Juan. I hope everything is good with them, but it is I'd funny. Like, like to hear Robin, like season after season, talk about this money, these money problems. There's a new one every like, year. <laughs> oh, girl, like please just like, together, be careful this time girl, please please like tell the IRS when you get your money they love to know if you get a penny in if someone venmos you robin tweet the irs just be like hey girl just want to let you know i got about 55 dollars in but someone owed me for dinner i'm letting you know just let them know so they can never say you didn't let them know and they don't take all your money i mean it seems like a really good i forgot to let them know i got ninety thousand dollars let me tell you something i would love for someone to challenge if i remember getting ninety thousand dollars or not challenge me let's see just give it to I, me I, if i remember i think i might i think i might remember yes and now we are finally at this this wild catastrophe of an event where we're at someone said we're at the back of a strip mall um then you pull up it's called hair studio or somebody's studio it has nowhere does it say this is karen's line and you have and i think he says it her wig partner when they walk in like welcome to my studio like welcome like he's like it's his event she's the face or the should we just say the wig head of the wig she's the hair (laughs) he's the hair Okay. She's the hair. Yes. She's the hair of the venture. It's yeah. We'll I mean, admit he definitely did level up her wigs. Oh, yes. she looks. I mean, Karen yes. looks the best she's ever looked. Best. She has her. I mean, her hair. Her her hair game is on point. Her makeup looks right. She, you know, I think she deserves who somebody deserves a whole lot of credit for that. But yeah, it's funny when when housewives do these businesses and they're is a wide range because sometimes it really is like them starting a company. And this one is very much Karen putting her name on a collab or something. I don't know how she's financially involved in this, but not they're paying her for her name. It's a licensing thing. It's very like shark tank or something. And this is so funny because they said in Portugal, she goes, well, y'all know y'all I've been doing my wig line. So I want to invite y'all. They were like, we have never heard once these are brand new words coming out of your mouth and she's like um i want y'all to come and they're like oh okay karen keep popping up with businesses they keep being businesses that we don't know where it is and the wig line finally officially launched and they're having all of them try on wigs which i thought was fun i think it's the best way to throw a hairline is to get hair show the hair it's better than like the the Kenya Moore hair care launch with just like water in water. the bottles mm-hmm. for sure. That was not a wise decision. That does, was a bad one. 
does Candace still have her hairline or her hair collection? She does, as far as I'm concerned, she does. I have said consistently, she needs to use the clip of her and Monique's fight as promo. Because if that was her wig, it's the greatest wig of all time. It is so good. (laughs) It bounced back very well. And that's important. She should sell, she needs to like make her own brand of like wig glue or something because... Right. I'm surprised we didn't get more feedback from Candace about <laughs> Karen's wig line. It was like, you know what I mean? It yeah, she got, nice she, right. It would, you know, like we had Kenya critiquing Marlo's hair situation. Right. Yes. We would, we, it would have been a nice crossover moment. Yeah. But... She could have been like, okay, so what about your manufacturing? So who, oh, who did yours? <laughs> oh, okay. So what kind of hair are you using? What your, and Karen. Me Karen would know Candace none of the know. answers. Right. So apparently neither does Candace because she didn't know to ask those questions. So very well <laughs> is her sister and her mama probably running that or something. And Candace is like, I'm involved and it pays some bills and, but not enough for me to go up against Karen. I mean, I guess. She's like, I got a check and I post some Instagram pictures. That's yeah. <laughs> and I mean, to be honest, that's 90% of the battle these days of selling e-commerce. Mm-hmm. be the instagram influencer that you would pay yeah so awesome for candace i actually think it's great <laughs> keep it in house girl um yeah so we're there i loved candace's wig on her i loved it on her i thought the wigs looked actually really nice on the ladies yes i thought candace's looked phenomenal ashley's looked fine robin's was not a good fit for her but you know, yeah. it wasn't the wig's fault <laughs> Oh no, she's not really doing the wig justice, as she said about Karen and Matt. Um, (laughs) She didn't do the wig justice. (laughs) That's so shady. Um, Yeah, it feels dress up-y, but in a good way. I think we had a great time with it. It definitely felt like it was not her event, but it was very well done. She was like the guest of honor, if you will. I liked that Monique was there for 45 seconds three sips of champagne and Karen goes, well, I'm going to let you go. And I'm like, but you didn't bring her in. It's like, you know, when you're on the phone with someone and they're, they're, and it's, they called you and you're eager to get them off. So you're just like, well, I don't want to hold you girl. You didn't hold me. I called you. I know it's late. You better get going. <laughs> that, that is so funny. Cause obviously I'm, it seems like that was, you know, kind of pre-planned that Monique would be, sort of in and out before everyone else got there but it did come across it it came across weird on the show that it's like oh she just like she I mean, just they popped in like her out the door like like she didn't even look oh, at the wigs here. here you go here you go she didn't get to, she goes man i thought we want to have a glass of champagne look at the wigs then I, I, I mean as it's you're gonna give her basically her own private event of the same thing but no karen was like no girl none of that today <laughs> and i you know it was nice to see more of Monique this episode, I guess, just because we didn't see her at all while the girls were in Portugal. Um, so it feels like, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of what storylines are going on, it feels like we haven't actually gotten to see a lot of Monique. So maybe they were just trying to, you know, get her in one more scene. Okay. Yeah. Because what else would we have done if not that? So, but do, so you think that over the proposed, the cast's proposal that Karen was trying to orchestrate a come to Jesus between Monique and Candace. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know because if there was some kind of agreement with production or something that they wouldn't, you know, put them together, I don't know exactly how that worked, but I have a feeling everyone kind of knew that 
that they weren't going to be in the same place. And I don't think, I think Karen, maybe, maybe she played along with production to kind of like make it seem like that. Like she was like, Ashley flat out told Candace, which she had no reason to. And unless they're like literally using her as the pot star, she had no reason to tell her she had already pledged her allegiance to Monique and already told Candace that's what she was going to do. And she tells her, you know, I just want to let you know that Candace, I mean, that Monique was here earlier and was going to be here. Mm-hmm. At, around the same time that you came when I came she had just left and I think that maybe they're dancing the line a little bit because maybe Candace was still under the impression that money was not invited at all and wasn't going to be and she was there and that was like a slap yeah. in the face that whole timeline is a little unclear to be honest like I think Ashley sometimes while I appreciate her her uh hard work as a potster Sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't always land. It doesn't, but you she know, does not a every... great job consistently. Because Lisa Renna, for instance, she'd be out here stirring the pot and it goes everywhere. I'm like, girl, this was no one asked to boil. We were in bo- we were boiling and you stirred it and we didn't need that. We didn't need that. <laughs> it was already separated and you basically just put it back together, but I didn't want that. She's not giving me the cook that I need. Whereas Ashley, I feel like, is a nice b-rated mm-hmm. restaurant has good things does it, it lands well when she stirs the pot like oz much like her restaurant that oh went God. she she serves up some kangaroo sliders yeah so some things hit other things we miss and it's fine yeah i i don't know i this whole, i mean the whole event was weird it didn't feel like a party at all it felt like no. eight people and hanging Candace, out i mean karen left <laughs> oh because karen started going at robin out of nowhere because Ashley wasn't letting it go, wouldn't let the mouse go, and she was letting her know, you did say this, and they were like, yeah, no, Karen said that, what do you mean? And she's like, you know, kind of holding Karen to task, and Karen came back guns blazing immediately and tells Robin, you need to be worried about what your husband says about you when he drinks. I'm like, how often are you around Ron Dixon when he's drinking? I don't understand. When does Ray and such- hang out? That was such a strange moment because normally it was like, Robin goes, okay, I'm, like rack- Karen. <laughs> I'm like racking my brain. I'm like, wait, is that supposed to be like a reference to something? Like that, me- we that got means no nothing flashback. to me. We don't have a flashback <laughs> in the arsenal. Okay. So it means like, nothing. <laughs> okay. Like we have no, we've gotten no indication this season that things between Robin and Juan aren't, you know, pretty peachy. So it's like. I don't know but what I'm supposed to do with that. Literally next week is their engagement. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They're like looking at houses. They're like having fun activities together. They're about yeah. to get engaged. Like, it's not like, oh, we're really going to go there. It's like, where are you trying to go? Right. And I got worried because Giselle basically did tell Karen in Portugal that, Rob, that Juan is going to propose. So mm-hmm. for her to say that and be like, well, you need to be worried about him creating those seeds of doubt. That is just wrong. Karen just felt like she was... She was attacked. She felt like she was attacked and was basically just trying to swing and throw and see what would land. And when it didn't happen, she did what any person of a particular age who's done with the bullshit of these young drama filled girls and said, I'm out. I'm just going to take my man and we're going to go back home and get back in the tub. Yeah, it's. I, uh, it's, it's always weird when someone like walks out of an event like that and particularly. She said the bill is paid for. (laughs) The bill is paid. I'm like, what bill? Like there was two, two bottles of champagne and. And it wasn't your place. (laughs) You didn't throw it. This isn't a venue. You did not shop this venue. This is your wig partner's quote unquote studio that he owns. Yeah. His bills are paid. (laughs) It says let's run. So yeah. The bill is paid. I mean. You didn't do that 
I think it's just an interesting reaction on Karen's behalf because it doesn't make her look good. It doesn't make it no. look like she wasn't being messy or wasn't trying to hide something or, you know, play some game. And it's like, Karen, you should know, you should know this by now that that's not, that's not the way to. Because he immediately goes, Oh, I'm out of here. (laughs) I mean, it was was past Ray's bedtime. So yeah. I mean, again, he is a man of a particular age and it's one of the main reasons I was very critical of Karen yelling for him to come up the stairs any faster. Girl, give him a second. Ray. He needs a moment. You, if I never hear you who again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> I never want to hear Ray. it. Oh, Ray, you. That's first of all, that's not sexy. That's not. <laughs> it's very weird, and it makes me feel like we are in a movie. And um, he is just up there, like, ooh. You asking a lot for me. What did you expect him to just like take get off his suit immediately and get in the tub? He wore a suit. The suit has a lot of layers. The tub it took him a minute cold. to know like where he was, like what was what he was looking at. A, a like, bath in the middle of the day. Like, <laughs> like and oh, oh, and okay. you, girl, I'm coming literally as fast as I can. I'm one step at a time. And she's like, right. Give <laughs> him a second. <laughs> My man is trying to get in the in the vibe. He's taking his, his time. Okay, but, oh, Karen. But he escorted her out. He had no issue leaving with her. And I think mm-hmm. that's sweet. A point. He gets a point because he was negative this, this season. So, <laughs> uh, Dylan, any final thoughts about this episode? Anything that caught your attention made you go, what the hell? Um, you know. Your gears grinding. I'm glad we got to the bathtub moment at the end because that was just, I mean, Bravo loves to, they love to do this to us. It was almost like a shot for shot remake of the Tamara and Eddie bathtub scene, which nobody ever needs to see again. Shout out to the producer of Potomac that encouraged Karen to do that. Yes. And helped set that up. You know that producer was like, okay, so Ray's coming home later. What if you're in the bath? There's like some rose petals. It's gonna be so. It's be so, so sultry, sexy, so hot. <laughs> you look great. I mean, Karen does, but she does. She Ray does. Needs a formal invitation, and you need to give him like two to five days, business <laughs> days, to get ready. Yeah. Um. Overall, I. I mean, both of these shows, Salt Lake and Potomac, I am really enjoying right now. Of course, sad that. Potomac is coming to an end, but that reunion uh, is going to be. But Atlanta is coming. You Atlanta's watching? coming. It's crazy. It's crazy that it's already here because I feel like they, yeah. you know, their filming was delayed so much and whatever, and they really they hustled to get it done. It seems like, but I'm so excited that that season is starting. Yes, and so you definitely will be watching because so so I honey. Absolutely. Would it, I, I would never miss Atlanta. No, n- never. I mean, it could be the most boring worst season ever, and I'm I'm still all in because their background noise, their worst is still better than a lot of other cities' best. That's so true. I mean, I think last season of Atlanta was kind of a up and down. There were certain things that I thought were really ama- like so great and so entertaining, and there were some episodes that were a little boring. But overall, I'm not like this show is bad. Fire the cast. Like you know they right. They they have it's a cast it's a really all star cast at this point. Drew Sedora so. is new. She's coming on. Um, I hope she addresses the fact that the entire uh, black community and those who also invested in the game, who were um, from other cultures and races, are still very mad at her for fucking up a very good relationship. Um, are you familiar with Drew Sedora's work? 
No, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about this. Okay, so she was on a show called The Game, which was on the CW, UPN, back in those days, like back in the day. Um, Right. It was a spinoff of Girlfriends, which everyone loved from, which was Tracy Ellis Ross. Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So it was a spinoff of that. She, um, Tia from Tia and Tamara, like the sister Tia, Uh um, she played Joan's cousin, uh, which is um, Tracy Ellis Ross's character. She played Tracy's cousin on the show The Game, which was at the spinoff, who was in this football world, and she was was basically like a football wives club. That's pretty much what the show is about. Football players and their wives and girlfriends, and Tia played the girlfriend, and her boyfriend was a rookie football player, and he cheated on Tia, whom we love, with Drew Sedora. And Drew Sedora, that was her name on the show, and it's her actual name. It was loosely based on Ooh. her as an individual, as a singer and a performer, and they, they, they did bad things together, and it made us all very upset because we loved Melanie and Durham, which were the, the characters' names. It's all on Netflix, people. Go watch the game. It's fantastic, bingeable. 23 minutes. You can do many in a day. Very many. Fun fact, Drew does not make an appearance in the season premiere of Atlanta, so we'll have to wait oh. another week, I guess, to oh, meet her. Oh, my God. Does Tanya? Because Tanya quit, and I'm kind of sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so- left us. We we don't see Tanya, but we do see Marlo basically in the Yay. first she's I mean Marlo's in the first ten minutes of the episode. At this point, she is a housewife in everything, but she peach is holding. a housewife, like, but I think that she doesn't really I think y'all need to know that she doesn't want to hold. Yes. I, I think Marlo is ninety-nine percent because I've heard many times that she they've thought about it, she's been like, eh, and they she doesn't want to expose a lot, especially about family mm-hmm. life and her money and her who she dates, all those things. But then additionally, she doesn't have to do nearly as much as she's a friend of. She literally just Absolutely. To come to the parties and look cute. And everything else is just extra information. As a full-time cast member, there's cast, I mean, there's um like, there's set times and they have to be- Obligations and, and obligations, yeah. Obligations, reservations. She don't want to do that. Showing your relationships, that. showing your house. She wants none of it. I, Look at I the way Marlo... y'all demand from Erica. You won't let Erica just be a fashion queen. You literally demand every aspect of her life. And Marlo's like, I'm not having it. I'm simply not having it. I think Marlo is Marlo is so great because she obviously is amazing at causing drama in the group. Mm-hmm. And we love her for it. And she knows that she is good enough that she will, as long as, as, long as they're having those parties, she's going to get invited because the second she's on camera something's gonna happen yeah and so she's she is so comfortable getting that friend of paycheck and not having any kind of obligation and she can just show up when she wants do what she wants and you know i i love marlo i i have no issue with her you know being a friend of because i think it's what she wants and yeah i would much rather have her as a friend than her be gone because i think marlo is just such Don't an entertaining presence. We need Marlo. I need her so desperately. Love her. I'm very excited for Atlanta. It's, I will take it even if it means Potomac has to end. I wish I could have them together. I know that's too much goodness. They would never give me that. That would literally be like Black Girl Magical on steroids and some of you hope <laughs> not ready. But I would love it if it were like back to back. I would just... Oh, well, it would be amazing. We got to get Potomac to film another season first because it's been... 
it's been a minute since they filmed anything and they they need to get back to work soon they do but i'm i'm, I'm preparing to go home soon we're actually moving up the date because maryland's locking down they're gonna Ooh. lock down even tighter so where they're gonna film is probably all in their houses they are not oh that's the reason why they were able to get atlanta out because georgia right. is open they're like COVID, we'll be okay but maryland's like no close the doors lock the windows like they're very much so not having it so you know it, I don't it's know. for the best I, I just want my housewives yeah i don't want them to be sick i can't i mean there are a few that i'm like yeah i mean i hope you get better but there are some who i'm like no please do not give them right. a sniffle they need to be fully okay i love them so i'm very excited for atlanta cannot wait to watch and i can't wait to hear um all of you and barry's thoughts as you cover it please tell people where they can listen to y'all's podcast where they can find you on all the socials and the interwebs yeah, so you can listen to Mention It All wherever you're listening to this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. We do new episodes every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. They're usually, you know, like 30 minutes or less, just the bite-sized recaps, very easy to catch up with. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Dylan Hafer and then follow all my Bravo stuff at Bravo by Betches. Yes, absolutely. Love Bravo by Betches. You can... Of course, all that will be also in the description, guys. So in, in the um, all the links that I post, so you can go ahead. If you're feeling a little lazy, you can go ahead and listen that way and, you know, <laughs> check it out, subscribe so that you don't even have to look anymore. You can just subscribe and it'll be like, oh, it's there. I don't even have to go search it. And that's what we want. Make life and listening easier for y'all with Bravo Podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you guys love this, you're welcome to let me know how much you love it. If not, I suggest you pray about me and keep it moving um, by writing a review, little rating, all that stuff. And of course, you can follow me on social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And as always, y'all stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, stay home. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.